Now, here's the thing, Justin. I, like many people who <laughs> like video games, I do own an ocarina. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> like I've, I've, so I had one when I was a kid because of course I did, and then I recently received one as a gift, and um, I just think that like perhaps there's not a more annoying instrument, and that's as someone who likes like Legend of Zelda and who again owns an ocarina and and I'm not saying I can play it great, but like I can I can play out toot out the little uh, Zelda songs in the book. Yeah. You know? uh, are you have you ever owned an ocarina? I have not. I've wanted to. Like, I, I've had a lot of those, like, uh, in Nintendo Power, they'd always have advertisements yeah. to get them. And I'd be, like, looking at that being like, I could be a world-class ocarina player. Yes. And I was excited for that. But I didn't. Um, the only, like, weird little instrument that I probably annoyingly got that I probably played way too much uh, was a harmonica. I actually got a harmonica mm. in the mail sent to me oh. free from a cigarette company when i was like i don't know <laughs> in high school so first of all i was old enough to like i shouldn't have just accepted a harmonica in the mail and started playing it but i was like in high school so i wanted to learn how to play harmonica but it's really hard i don't, yeah. I don't know my fingers are, are just too big for it uh so i just go around and like play it until everyone hated me for it uh, let me hold on a second hold on Do you have a, a harmonica let me just uh, reach over here no. let me you just, have a harmonica um... in like arm's reach of you <laughs> listener you're gonna have to trust that he's playing harmonica but it just did not get picked up on the mic for me <laughs> no, did it not? okay i was i was playing it um, yeah i've got i've got a few lying around i uh, tried to learn and like at it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. No, it's, it's, <laughs> like, it really is. Like, yeah, the, the, it's the, the the spaces to like make the notes are like microscopic, and like your fingers are not micro. They're big. Like, yeah. my, I don't know about you personally, but I got little pudgy like little yeah. fingers going on. It's hard. I thought it would be very fun if I could get like a harmonica holder like for my neck, so I could play the har- harmonica and play the guitar at the same time. Because like that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, but uh, alas, it's fucking impossible. <laughs> it's it's not. It's, yeah, I yeah. respect anyone who can play the harmonica because I. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's not as easy as, as maybe it seems. So there's apparently a lot of music in my family, like on my mom's side, like okay. a lot of musical talent. Like my grandpa was a drummer in a band. Oh. Um, my my uh, late uncle used to like play everything. His his big thing. There's pictures of him all over my grandparents' house and playing the accordion. But mm. he also knew how to play piano. He knew how to play harmonica, like a bunch of different instruments. And one time we had a family picnic, and he like didn't tell anyone he was gonna do this. And he just showed up with um, a, a harmonica, um, okay. the one of the neck ones. Yeah, and he put it on, and there was a piano at this at this family picnic, and then he just played the Piano Man, like the Billy, the Billy Joel, Joel song. Piano Man. He played that's it awesome, just impromptu, and it was amazing. <laughs> like he had like the <laughs> like the whole thing. I was like, all right, I could do this, uh, and I can't. Yeah, I I wish. Um yeah, I wish the harmonica was in my future because I feel like anyone who can play the harmonica seems like a good time. Yeah, you know, like yeah, 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 um, yeah. In a way that, no offense to people who play the ocarina very well, um, when someone brings out the ocarina, I'm always like, all right, here we go. What are we gonna hear? Song, of, a song of storms, a song of time, serenade of rem- water. 
can you imagine being at like the Chicago Symphony Orchestra <laughs> and like you just see like an ocarina player like just in, fucking like, the blue front. with the little triforce on it? <laughs> well, hey, uh, you know we could talk about all sorts of. Uh, harmonica-based stories and <laughs> ocarina-based stories all day. But uh, actually, when I was a kid, the one that I had was the uh, brown one from uh, Ocarina of Time. And then now, as an adult, I have the blue one. Kind of symbolic, if you think yep, about it. Grew up. Uh, we we could talk more about this, but I, I think that we've done our fill. This is Hitbox. What's in the fucking box? <laughs> Welcome back to Hitbox episode number 54. My name is Peter Hunspatek, and joining me as always is my wonderful co-host, Justin Makovich. We're going to be talking about a handful of video game-related things today, as we do every week. We're going to be talking about uh, mobile games and PSVR and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and then the Back for Blood uh, open beta. But we're going to get to that a little bit later. First, Justin, uh, what are you what are you playing? So this I know week. we started uh, talking about this last week, but I played a little bit more of uh, Near Reincarnation. Have you dabbled back into that? Yeah, I um, I've been playing it at the gym, so I get on the stair machine. <laughs> wow, that's on. like the perfect. That's the perfect gym yes. game, though. <laughs> uh, I get on the stair machine and I, I just let that sort of roll. Um, yeah, I I've gotten a little bit deeper into it. Are you sticking with it? it to, I I guess my my if there's gonna be a problem with it, it's that. For a game like that, it has to be a game that I don't have to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't want to pay attention to the game. I know it sounds like counterproductive, but like the the stories in the game make me want to listen to it and follow the stories and focus yes. on them. So I can't just play it while I'm watching TV or doing anything else because I feel like I have to be at least enough invested in what's happening on my phone to follow the narrative. Otherwise, I feel like I'm missing stuff and missing part of the game. Right. It's so not it's just, an idle it, game. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it just doesn't have a, a necessarily a place in my rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do appreciate that because we're in it early, and I at least I I pre-downloaded it, so I like signed up for something. So I have a bunch of the currencies that make the game like probably a little too easy to upgrade all your characters to yeah. enough levels to to beat it. Um, but it, it's it's unique. If you like the near world, you like their music. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, I think, the highlight of it, the music, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going through it just with the story, and I decided that, like, as soon as I get to a point where, like, I do not have the levels to continue, that's when I'm done. Because, yeah, yeah. like, I, I, what's weird is it's, like, to your point of it being not an idle game, like, not only is the story, like, you gotta pay attention to, but also, like, the mechanics and, like, the upgrades and stuff, like, there's a lot of systems sort of going on, which make it so that it's not just, like, I don't know a tapper you know like you have to yeah. really be looking into like okay well what level is my primary secondary and and whatever else weapons add and, and all that sort of stuff so uh it, it's weird i'm not really a gotcha game like i i think i was a little harsh to genshin impact when we talked about it on our episode but like at the end of the day like not the most offensive game in the entire world to me um but i have traditionally bounced off like the gotcha elements in games like that but I kind of like him in near to the point where like I don't have any more gems to use to to buy more. 
but I'm not I'm not gonna spend real money on it, but I did consider it. You know what I mean? Wow. That I mean I think that's a that's a big that's a big statement for a game like this, that the fact that you're at least mulling over purchasing more to keep playing, you know, like I think <laughs> yeah. that's important. Um, I, I, I think all these games have a very similar language. If you played one of these types of games in terms of like powering up your characters, you've kind of played, at, you at least have an idea of how to like go about using your currencies and how to upgrade and strengthen your characters. Like this game is more similar than not to Genshin Impact with the exception of one is like a third person shooter, a third person fighter, and the other one is more of just a tapper. Yeah. Um, but like how you level your characters up, how you get characters, how you get weapons, how you do all that stuff, it's almost identical. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I wonder if you, the fact that this one has really gotten that bug, if you go back to it, that you've gotten that bug from playing this game, uh, if you would go back to Genshin Impact and like it more um, because of this. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that it is the aesthetic of near that gets me you know like yeah. like i like just listen to the music and like all that sort of stuff is what really sort of hooks me in but uh yeah i i think that like i said i think i was a little too harsh on genshin impact when we played it uh i looked at my i don't know how accurate these numbers are but like on the ps5 you can see like how long people played things i played that game for 10 hours so like i mean that's that's, that's a, a significant fair assumption chunk. yeah yeah, yeah. i mean if you if you like a game after 10 hours or you don't like a game after 10 hours that's 10 hours of investment you should have an yeah. opinion of it about right. then it's, right uh, we're not talking about a jrpg it was like it really isn't going to tell the 30th hour right exactly <laughs> uh, i have it downloaded on my phone i opened it up because i had to to look at something to verify a mechanic but uh yeah it's um i don't i haven't i haven't deleted it do you know what i mean like it's it impact or, re- my, or near uh genshin impact Oh yeah, yeah, it's yeah, and, and it's better with the controller support, by the way. Uh, get that backbone, or at least put your uh, Bluetooth, uh, Dual Shock Sense, whatever, to it, or mm. I guess your uh, Xbox One too. Um, that just makes the game better to play on phone. Is that the kind of thing? Okay, I got a quick question about the backbone because, like, mobile games, like this is like with Near, I've discovered that, like, yo, maybe mobile games are the games I'm gonna play at the gym because I used to bring my Switch and I was mm, just detach the Joy Cons, yeah, but um. Is the backbone controller, like, if I'm touching it with sweaty hands, are there, like, a lot of nooks and crannies for it to get all kind of gross in? No, no. no I think I think the, the good thing about it, it's sturdy but simplistic. There's not, like, a ton of other things. It's basically like you just broke a, a controller in half and put your phone in between it, and it's pretty mm. easy to get in and out. Um, I have to take my case off when I put my phone in there because I use yeah, a okay. pop socket. But if you don't, you don't need to. So if you don't okay. have a pop socket on your phone, you can just put it in with a case, and it works. Okay, that's actually not a bad idea. I'll I'll keep you updated on that. Speaking of breaking controllers in half, uh, I finished the main story of Death's Door <laughs> last Whoa. night. Okay, that's a, that's a scary transition. Yeah, um, I I don't know how I feel about it yet because, like I said, I just beat it last yeah. night, uh, and there is still stuff to do, and I'm going to see what that stuff is. I'm kind of I'm feeling a little mixed. I have up until the last little bit, I was loving Death's Door. And then I got to the boss fight with the snow monster. So the third boss fight. Remember I told you? Remember I told you that that was the one? That was the one that made me, yeah. Kicked my ass silly. Like in a way that was like, not like, oh, okay, this is like challenging in a way that's like, all right, so thanks Death's Door beat that and i was like okay that's actually not so bad and then there was a really challenging but great boss fight that i don't want to spoil for anyone listening um after some events 
And then the final boss fight, I'm not kidding. And it might just be like, I don't, I don't know. It might just be that I just didn't get it. Like I just wasn't clicking with the mechanics, but like the rest of the game, I thought I really was. Uh, and I really liked the mechanic, like the fighting mechanics, the last boss, the last section of the last boss took me, I'm not kidding over an hour. Was and that I, longer or shorter than the Yeti section? Longer. Because okay. I split I split the Yeti in half. I was like, I was working on that for like 20 minutes. And then I was like, okay, I need to put this down because I'm getting like embarrassingly frustrated. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I think like people who get really, really like heated about games, like I understand. But at the same time, I'm also like not trying to do that because g- games are supposed to be relaxing. It's supposed to be for fun. You know, at least that's how I view them. Um but I was getting like heated to the point where I was like, all right, I need to take a break from this. So I took a break, went back to it, did another 20 minutes or so of it. And I got through it. But that last boss fight was like, he has a move. And I also don't want to spoil who this boss fight is either. Uh, he has a move that I like to call the completely unfucking predictable roll move, which just drains your health. And I didn't get any of the health upgrades. <laughs> I was one, one trying away from getting a health upgrade. So I was just doing it with four health. Um, and there's a point of no return for that boss fight. So I'm feeling unhappy with it in this moment because that was my most recent experience with it. But I think I liked it overall. Um, uh, talk about what clicked with you about the game. A lot of stuff. I think that the humor and the way the story is told is really great. Um, it is like... It, it reminded me a little bit of a game like Turnip Boy, where the humor is a little bit, uh, it's silly. And it, it, <laughs> it like, looks at what it is, and it is silly, right? And it, it kind of, like, winks and nods to the audience, saying, like, we get this is kind of fun. Um, and, and that the characters are all kind of goofy a little bit. Um, the The music is spectacular. I do think that the combat system works really well. I just don't think that, like, some of the boss encounters just weren't balanced particularly well for me or maybe it's just that not that they weren't balanced but that i couldn't really anticipate and i think you said this last week a lot of them don't really telegraph their moves before they do them and so it's like hard to tell like oh are you about to like wreck my shit or do i have an opening here um and so maybe it's just that i wasn't reading them particularly well or whatever but um that's what was sort of not clicking for me but i like the puzzles and and it's very Zelda-esque in terms of the upgrades you get. And I had fun going back to some of the other um, areas once I'd gotten those upgrades and, and exploring them and, and grabbing the secrets that I couldn't reach before because it's like, oh, now I have the hookshot or now I have the uh, bombs or, or whatever. But yeah, I, I, overall, I have enjoyed it. Yeah, I think um, I, I totally uh, agree with you to a uh, a point. I think the Yeti boss fight is the worst one in the mm-hmm. whole game. Uh, and that roll move you're talking about was introduced in the Yeti boss fight. Correct. <laughs> and uh, the, the the final boss does, in fact, use that that move again, uh, but not as frequently. And, and I think the final boss is like final stage that you're fighting it in um, was... Uh, at least a little bit more predictable because it would generally be like three sets of moves that it would keep doing. So it was a little bit better. But the thing that got me about that last one, so the last boss fight, it kind of, if you've ever played Cuphead before, uh, dear listener, it's like the, not the boss levels, it's more of the side-scrolling level. So there's a lot of side-scrolling stuff that you had to deal with. The the, lead up to that final section was awesome. 
Yeah. Like it is yeah. it is the perfect example of like what I think the final levels of a game should be where it's like a test of all the stuff that you learned so far. Um, yeah. But just uh, that last section just didn't. Yeah. And then the, the final boss, like it, you had to do part of that over and over again to get yeah. to that final segment of the boss fight. And it just at a certain point gets annoying. Um, I really did not like the hook shot move was really hard to do on the fly for me with accuracy, mm. like sure. with a speed thing that just annoyed me a little bit control wise. Um, I did have a, a couple of issues playing that game when I didn't aim the way I wanted to aim sometimes. And you really only see that with the projectiles that you use, which yeah. isn't a huge deal, but um, that made think, things more frustrating than not. I think the isometric nature of the actual game is at odds with some of those mechanics. Yeah. Because it's isometric, it's hard to understand like exactly what's lined up and what isn't. Um, which I wouldn't say it shouldn't be isometric because I think that's just part of the charm. But uh, yeah, I, I would agree with you there. I do think the post-game content is really good, though. Um, the Because once you do have all the abilities and stuff like that, you can really go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And even though you've beat the final boss, there's still a lot of other story stuff to do. Yeah. Um, like, for example, uh, without, like, too many spoilers, have you met the, uh, the, not innkeeper, it's basically, like, a human corpse that's being controlled by By an octopus? A, by an octopus. Or a squid, yeah. Yeah. So, if you go back, once you beat the game, uh, to that section, uh, the, there's, like, more story that is kind of funny and introduced at that point. Okay. Um, and like all the places that you go back to do have another element because you could basically change between day and night. I don't know if I said this last week. Yeah. That kind of just I, changes that's where like I the got world. to. Yeah. Th- yeah. I got to that. And then I looked up like, what am I supposed to do with this? And then it was like, so there's 19 steps to get the true ending. And I was like, all right, I'm going to deal with this later. I, I'm going to give you a pro tip. Just look at the, the true ending. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, just watch it online. I mean, if you want to, like, 100% to complete the game, I think it's fun to a point. But, like, it is just enough of a convoluted method to do it mm-hmm. that you basically have to 100% the game, more or less. Oh. oh. And you get, like, another bonus cutscene at the end. It mm. doesn't, like... It's not, like you're getting to the true boss if that makes sense yeah 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 so so it's just kind of like once you finish it then it unlocks this in this area cutscene that has implications about sequels and 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 what, what have you from that point on but i love the game personally i still think it's it's a great one um it's still what 20 bucks only There's yeah it, i was vi- surprised at how much i liked it yeah up, up until again the last boss but i think that i'm just being a baby about it like I don't know. I don't think you're a baby because I, I the the boss patterns are frustrating enough because it's not predictable and it just becomes a little random. So I think that was the one thing that made me angry because when I die in a game, I like to die not because of a random right number. I like yeah. to die because I wasn't good enough and I felt like it was a constantly. It was just like, oh, shoot, this move that he used that that this time and not that time and it just ruined me because of that. There's nothing I can do to avoid it. And as much as like, and I don't know if I've said this on our show, but like I'm I'm sort of over the Dark Souls trend that we've sort of been in in gaming for a really long time of like, you know, r- like really challenging games that that are kind of obtuse and, and whatever. Uh, and, and while I think that this game clearly takes some inspiration from Dark Souls, I wouldn't say that this is like a Souls-like in any real sense of the word um, other than like... Ch- being challenging <laughs> um and, and, and like the bosses having big names come up I, I think that a big health bar or like a health bar for the boss characters in particular would have been really helpful 
just so I, like I could tell like how hard do I need to push right now, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but at the end of the day, that's a good game, and I, yeah. I would I would highly recommend that people play it. Better than the medium. Much better than the medium. Better than Hades. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Hmm. Uh oh. Hmm. Ah. Yes, but not by much. Yeah, I I like it better than Hades because that frustration about getting past that boss in Hades was like another 40 minute run. <laughs> yes, yes, cuz um, ex- exactly what you're saying about like when you die to a boss, you're like back in the paint, like in the, in the thick of things immediately. You don't have to like with that double boss in Hades, uh the Minotaur and the <sighs> champion, I don't remember his name. Like I would die to him and then be like, all right, well, I didn't learn anything. Like, <laughs> like I, I, I would love to be able to redo this. So I can like learn the patterns and whatever, but yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. I would agree. Um, so yes, I would say it's slightly better than Hades, but um, I mean, I, I think both are good and Hades just it, uh, on game pass as of this yeah, week. Yeah. Which is awesome. I, I would highly recommend you play that and see if yeah. you, if you, if you like the rogue like kind of genre. Um, and if you don't know, if you like it, try it out. Yeah. It's it's on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. What else? Anything? Anything else you're playing? Uh, so uh, Nintendo had just a flurry of free updates for some of their yes, games that came out this year. Yeah. Um, and and I explored and played both of them. Uh, so let's start with Mario Golf. Uh, they came out with uh, Toadette the character, which I was always like, why haven't I been able to play as Toadette before? Because she's literally in the adventure mode as one of the main characters. Oh, um, weird. And then they came out with a new course, the new Donk City course. Everyone's can I, favorite. Can I just say, so, you know, I'm like not a huge Mario fan, but the name New Donk City is so fucking gold. Oh, like, that's so, like, that's such a good name for an area. Anyway, it's new awesome. Don- <laughs> Tell me more about New Donk City. So, uh, I-, I think I said in my initial talking about the game. I wish it was more like they had more mini golf like courses and they mm-hmm. allowed you to play it more like a little mini golf. They had more obstacles and stuff like that. Um, the more I've played the game and the more of the courses I've unlocked, they've really started to have that kind of feel when there is more uniqueness to each of the courses. Sure. However, because you're still using the basic golf mechanics and you can't really do things like control how high you hit the ball in like the the versus kind of multiplayer mm-hmm. in the same way that you can. You're still kind of limited with the options. So New Donk City, basically every hole in this course is a three par. And they do a lot of mixing up like the levels about how high you are starting and how high or low the the actual um hole is that you're going for so at the beginning you're starting off like on the street and you're 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 like shooting just down the street and eventually you might start on a platform and then you have to hit it up on a skyscraper or you might have to hit your um uh ball like bounce it off a building and then go around a corner in a unique way so they kind of like are playing with the golf mechanics a little bit so it is more almost puzzle-like to get through it, but you're still playing the same basic golf thing. And it was really frustrating because if you, like, knock your... Uh, if you miss, like, if, if you miss a ramp or you miss, like, a, a jump pad, because they have, like, jump pads in the in the level to help you get up, if you miss mm-hmm. one of the jump pads, you're basically, like, your, your game is screwed because sure. you need, like, four extra swings to get your ball back in the position and the speed and the angle to get up on that thing. 
Um, that sounds like the same issue you were having with the like there were like tornadoes in one of the other yeah, modes. The speed golf, yeah, yeah, not the speed golf, the XC golf. It, it it does remind me a lot more of the pitfalls I had with that than mm-hmm. um there's just the regular golf modes. Uh, but it, I mean, it's fun. Like this basically was a free update that gave you uh, uh a whole new course, and there's a pro and an amateur level for that course. Mm which essentially changes the starting and end point of every hole, which essentially means you have 36 new holes to play. Sure. So in terms of just free replayability, a new character with new moves and, and, and two new things, I thought it was pretty, pretty awesome. Um, I, I'm still like, I don't know how much replayability there is overall in the game, yeah. even with the new course. Like I played uh, the pro and the amateur uh, courses once each, and I'm like, I feel good. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm okay. Um, but it, it was a free update, and the the more content you get for free, it just makes your sixty dollar investment uh, a better one. I think um, they should be doing that with Animal Crossing. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, like, they've really they've really missed out on Animal Crossing, haven't they? Because they had so like when that game came out, I sort of put it down for like a few weeks, and then they were like big summer update, and it's like oh you can go swimming, like yeah I'm I'm back in. So then back in put it down for a little bit and they were like halloween update and i was like all right i'll dip in to see this a little bit uh and, and then like i did they do a christmas one i assume they or like a winter one i'm i'm gonna assume that they did but they sort of haven't like really been keeping up with that in terms of like adding a whole lot news of new stuff which is a shame because i think that so many people bought that game and they're missing out on so many people like being active players you know exactly and like the it seems like the second time through a lot of these events it, it was like when it was uh bunny day again or whatever the heck they called it yeah they like just added a couple new items but for all intents and purposes it was the same event yeah so i think, I, I think that animal crossing like nintendo doesn't have like a live service game which is fine like i i don't think every company needs to have a live service game uh in fact i appreciate when they do not uh because hey i like to move on <laughs> but uh, i only have a space in my heart for for so many but i think animal crossing could have been like an interesting new type of live service game that isn't like a shooter and isn't like based on like uh, i mean it's still loot based i guess if you want to like break it down but it's not like it, it would be different you know what i'm trying to say yeah absolutely yeah and I want to be clear. I think Mario Golf, that's a great update. Like, that's a good thing to do to get you to come back. Animal Crossing, it it just feels like they've kind of left those players out to die. And, like, I don't know. That game itself just needs more. It always had. They said recently that they are going to be adding new stuff to it, which is great. But it's sort of like, why now? Like, it's been over a year, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. like those, those seasonal updates were fun and interesting, but there wasn't enough to be, like game changers you know yeah. but yeah so it goes um, the other game that came out with a pretty significant new update was new pokemon snap uh they oh, really? came out with yeah they mm. came out with three new courses um, oh my gosh each have a day and a night and um they also have like 20 new pokemon that you can take images of uh in it and it's pretty cool one of the new courses is basically uh, if, if this is a spoiler for Pokemon Snap, get over Just, yourself. I think man. you're okay. I think it's okay. <laughs> uh, but basically, it, it, allows you to, Snap. It, it allows you to shrink your ship oh. or your thing, so you can actually like see large, giant versions of these Pokemon. And you, at one point, you're like riding on the back of one. Uh, you're literally jumping off a of Snorlax's tummy at one point in it, which is awesome. <laughs> 
I'm in, I'm very into this. And it just it, it was a, a I I hope moving forward they keep doing stuff like this because that's just a whole like unique way to view the world that mm-hmm. is technically the same world like the shrinking one is it was an offshoot of one of your main courses from the from the main game but they just changed it so it, like changes the perspective and it's mostly the same pokemon you see in there mm-hmm. uh with some new ones of course but like just seeing them large just changes so many different options for you um and then they have the two other courses you're not shrunk in them uh and one is a river one and the other one is like a uh shoot i forgot i forgot which uh like uh like a mountainy one or whatever uh, uh moral of the story not too memorable but sure. um, <laughs> uh but um the the fact that that does give you a lot of replay value and there is a lot of replay value in that game um, with how many courses there are, the day-night cycles, the adventure levels that you can do. Because basically, not only do you have three new courses that have a day and a night, you also have three different levels, adventure levels of each course. And each adventure level you get, because when you play a level, you level that level up mm-hmm. to level one, two, or three, I think. And each of those levels changes how the Pokemon interact with you, changes what the Pokemon do in the level. So it like basically makes nine new courses essentially that you get to play um that you get to explore new things and finally a gyarados you can apparently take a picture of but i have not yet because um i didn't find out the right thing to throw an apple at at the right time come on justin get with it i know well that sounds kind of cool should i be picking that up i mean like i i I sort of missed it when it when it came out but do you think it's it's worth it because those games never go on sale right like i I, they probably nintendo does um I, it it really it's it's a hard recommend for me. I mean, you know what Pokemon Snap is, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like it's that. And I think the one thing about this version than the other one, there are more courses, but I feel like a lot of the courses are a little bit more empty, um, mm. at certain parts, uh, and it can be a little repetitive to like a hundred percent it. But yeah. I got like ten hours out of the game, um, just playing through okay. the main story, and I never felt bored during it because they keep changing stuff just enough. Yeah. Um. So I, if you are ready for a $60, 10-hour experience of just going along rails and snapping pictures of cute little things every once in a while, sometimes ugly little things, uh, yeah, I, it, it's a hard recommend unless you know what the game is, if that makes sense. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah. There's also apparently like a toucan Pokemon who looks just like the Fruit Loops toucan. I'm I didn't know that about, was a thing. Talking about toucanon? Sure, yeah. That was a... Uh... One of my uh, one of my crew in Pokemon Moon. Oh, that's I, I mean, it's always like one of those things. Like when you're when you're seeing a new Pokemon, you're like, oh, that's a they really have that that T Rex Pokemon, huh? That's literally just a T Rex. Yeah, uh, I was talking to my mom about this actually. So you know the Pokemon <laughs> Seal and Dugong. Yeah, those are, it's just a seal and it's just a manatee, and like, like. It's not even like they ran out of ideas because that was like yeah. 150. That was in the original 150. Yeah. Yeah. Seal and Dugong. Anyway, not important. Just Aurora in, Beam. Have you seen the uh, this stuff about the PSVR two? I have. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm laughing because I haven't touched my PSVR in like uh, you know six months. Well, actually, yeah. I, that's a lie. I've touched it when I moved it from one location to the other. Gotcha. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I've never. I've only done VR a handful of times, and I guess I've never owned a VR headset or anything like that. So this PSVR 2, all of the details that are sort of coming out about it make it sound like the kind of thing that I would be interested 
in if it has the games for it. Because right now, I mean, like, and just like the regular PSVR, there's like, I don't think there's like a killer, like, a game you have to play. Would you agree as someone who has it? Mm, I, I think there are, I, I, I think the value, the games you can play on PlayStation in PSVR are worth the purchase if you want to have time for that. Anything from uh, anything from Dreams, I think Dreams extends the mm, value of it sure. to your Beat Sabers, to your Astros, that playroom, the Astro Astrobot Rescue, Rescue Mission, Mission. Yeah. Uh, to Moss, to eventually Moss 2, uh, to the Iron Man VR, to the Vader. Like, there's a lot of games that are worth it to play mm-hmm. on it. Um, AAA games, what is a AAA game? The big, the big tentpole games, I, I don't know. Resident Evil um, Seven, but even that—I mean that—that—that's like a cool experience if you're into that. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, th- there are good games for it. I think the one of the, the the reason I don't play it as much anymore is because of how it's plugged into your system. Because I basically have to unplug my PlayStation Five from my HDMI 2.0 cord. Yeah. Put it in a different box, and I don't get my uh, 4K HDR oh. on my TV. So I have to like re-plug it in every time I want to play yeah, VR. Yeah, sounds like a hassle. So not only am I putting in the the VR unit, but I'm also like rewiring my whole TV, and it just it's just enough of that step to make it not useful for me. And I hate yeah. the move controls too. Yes, well, luckily for you, Justin, it seems like. Uh, some information has been getting out here about the new controllers and sort of the future of PSVR. So this is an article from The Verge from uh, Ian Carlos Campbell. Uh, that's a great name, Ian Carlos Campbell. Well done. This article is titled Sony's uh, and Next... He, wait, wait, wait. And real quick, his uh, his Twitter handle is Soups the Name. Soups the Name. <laughs> I love it. Well done, Ian Carlos Campbell. Uh, anyway, so the uh, this article is titled Sony's next gen PSVR was reportedly detailed at a developer summit and it reads uh, thusly more and more details for Sony's planned next generation PlayStation virtual reality headset appear to be popping up according to YouTube channel PSVR without parole with further corroboration from upload. VR, Sony held a developer summit on Tuesday where it detailed new information about the controllers and game development strategy for the sequel to the PSVR and seemed to confirm some features that have already been reported. Among the new details, the new, the next-gen PSVR controllers, or NGVR controllers, based on what PSVR Without Parole claims its codename is, can now reportedly not only detect when you're holding the controller and touching the buttons, but how far away your fingers are. So instead of relying on uh, that is the end of the quotation. Uh, so instead of re- basically instead of relying on the PS Move controllers, which are I think is that from the PlayStation Three? Like that's old hardware. Mm-hmm. These these new ones um, are not only going to be able to obviously detect when you're like have your hand on the controller and when it's not on it, but it's going to detect like how open your hand essentially is, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that's one of the big immersion breakers um, uh, with VR games, like specifically with a move when I'm like putting a wand out to pick something up and pressing a button versus yeah. like, I think it's, is it the the Oculus Quest controllers or the Oculus controllers? The Valve Index has the, Yeah, the Valve cool Index, stuff. yeah, sorry. The, the Valve Index, how it literally is like 
you you can do things with your fingers and then pick see the fingers move in game like that yeah. that just makes the immersion better for things um they also uh in the article outlined a couple of differences between this and the last one they said that it's going to connect with a single cable to your ps your playstation console awesome yes. Uh, they also said the resolution is going to be better, um, have a little bit wider field of view. Um, it's going to uh, have better eye tracking um, and uh, uh, make the performance better. And, uh, of course, the controller itself will have haptic feedback, touch-sensitive uh, buttons, um, and so on and so forth. All those things are just going to make it a more realistic thing. I don't think the problem, though, is necessarily solely a hardware issue with the original PSVR um, as much as of a convenience thing. So mm-hmm. I guess my my counter to these changes look great, but is it still going to make it just easy to pick up and play these games? Uh, I have to imagine probably not. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to I'm going to say that it's probably going to be easier than what you're having to do currently. Uh, yes, but, yes. But it's, I, do, I don't think it's going to be as simple as just like putting it on and being ready to go. Although. For me, personally, having to jump through a hoop or two of, like, getting it set up, if it's a higher quality experience than it sounds like what you are you currently have with the PSVR, like, I'm much more willing to give that a go. If it's like, yo, but the it's so immersive with these, like, hand controls and, and the games really, really shine here. Like, I think that's more of the way that I'm, I'm willing to go instead of having to deal with, you know, like the playstation 3 move controllers <laughs> which thank god those those i don't know if anyone's ever uh touched a, a move controller the the little ball on the top it's, yep. li- it's like a little 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 uh rubbery thing so you can like hit things without hurting anyone it's fun yeah, yeah there you go yeah, yeah. should have done that for the wii anyway uh justin <laughs> it doesn't break your tv this isn't like a huge story but it is enough for us to talk about this uh there's there's a new guardians of the galaxy trailer um and I want to play this game. I'm excited for this game. Are you like, how are you feeling vis-a-vis G of the G? Uh, I, I still think that out of everything announced at E3, that was one of the things that had me the most excited. That was mm-hmm. the probably out of everything, the most mic drop moment of E3. Yeah. To have a game like that that's coming out this year that I really haven't heard about, I haven't seen, um, that seems to be a pretty heavy story-based game, um, action fighter thing. Like, I'll, I'm down with that. I am so interested in it. Yeah, I uh, I, pre- I did pre-order it. Just in oh. Listen, I, I pre-ordered it. All right, everyone? Fine, I did it. Okay. What did you get when you pre-ordered it? some skins and <laughs> your I'm, new hairstyle <laughs> i'm sure like the the soundtrack or something like that digitally but uh, i got it for the ps5 because you know it seems like a good place to play that but just a, a quick side note when you get like a soundtrack for a game like how many people just sit there listening to the soundtrack on their playstation dude that's the problem the persona 5 strikers soundtrack is phenomenal like the the remixed songs that they have in that game are phenomenal but to listen to them, I ha- like it's not on spot. Like the the rest of the Persona Five soundtrack is on Spotify, but the remix versions of the songs that I want to hear are so good. And uh, but the only way to listen to them for me, I mean, I'm sure they're on YouTube, but like is the Persona Five Strikers app, <laughs> like like soundtrack and app. <laughs> and I don't want to keep that downloaded. <laughs> so I'm guessing you don't have a subscription to YouTube Premium. 
I don't. I don't. Because, you know, you could lock your phone and listen that way. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to keep my, my monthly costs pretty low. And I, you know what? If I have to live without um, whatever those songs are called, then so be it. But they'll, they'll, they'll make their way to Spotify eventually, I'm sure. But back to Guardians. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, yeah, it, looks, it looks pretty good. I don't really have a whole lot to say about it other than that. Because, I mean, the trailer didn't really show off anything outstanding um just more of like that di- the dialogue tree sort of stuff and the, the decisions um but it seems like if if those choices are as deep as they're trying to make them seem it seems like there's going to be some at least reason to play it twice depending oh, on how long it is yeah and it just i think you know i hope that if they're going to make character choices like they don't necessarily like it's hard. It's hard in a game like this. I just hope the 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 choices you make are different enough. Right. Like at least the dialogue you get is funnier. The situations you get is different, and it doesn't just become something that it doesn't actually matter what your option is because that's always yes. the worst thing you do with the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying it has to have like an end of Mass Effect three kind of like implication kind of thing, right? It just needs to make sure that it's different enough that uh, you want to see what the other side of the conversation is going to be. Right. Um. But I think one of the things that's really interesting to me, um, this has to go off of an article, um, uh, GameSpot article by Darren Bonthuyas. Sorry for butchering your name. Uh, but basically, it, it, the article is called Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy video shows off Drax the Destroyer, Destroyer's people skills. And the trailer that came out was basically one of them was like Drax like identifying that he was being flirted with. And then you as Star-Lord have the option to... Um, enable him to flirt back or you flirt for him i guess um so like those are the kind of choices you're going to make and any chance you can get drax to flirt with someone the better but uh the article talks about how um that uh there are about six hours of uh like cut scenes in this game or at least Hmm. material for it which let me tell you something if they're going to be six hours of guardians of the galaxy quipping back and forth that could be really fun yeah, um, I worry. I, I do worry that, like, okay, these are not the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, it's not the same interpretation as, like, the MCU, right? And I really like those characters and the way that they're set up and everything. Uh, and particularly, I'm a big fan of the actors who play them and, and the way that they bring their own sort of flair to those. Um my worry is that I'm not going to like this iteration of them as much. Do you know what I do? You know what I mean by that? Yeah, Just, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's always becomes hard with these these superhero properties because, like, when they're when they're based like movies versus not. And I think a good example is uh, with like Marvel Spider Man. Yeah. Um, I was not really digging that character because I do love the Tom Holland version so much, and I was mm-hmm. like, this is not gonna be Tom Holland. But then like you get used to it after a while and you just have yeah. to like make room in your head for both of those. But I do think there is going to be a significant quality drop from this writing towards what James Gunn did in his Guardians of the Galaxy. Of yeah. But I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I also worry that the actors behind these games feel the pressure to be doing an impression of Dave Bautista Right. Or an impression of Zoe Saldana, which, you know, don't do that. (laughs) Like, like, (laughs) like do your own thing. Um, So so I think it'll be interesting to see how this 
game is. I'm excited for it. I don't know if it's going to be like the best game of the year, but I think I'm. it looks like a good time. And that's all I really want from this game. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, give me give me a good time. Give me some fun moments. Give me some laughing. Give me a good story. I'm gonna be happy. Oh yeah. Oh. By the way, speaking yeah. of James Gunn, have you seen mm-hmm. uh, Suicide Squad yet? The Suicide Squad or Suicide Squad? Because no to both. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, the new one, the uh, James Gunn one that just came out. Uh, no, have you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I watched it. Uh, I watched both actually. Uh, it's better than the first. Oh, well, that's good. It's um, hard not to be. But like the best, some of the best moments of that have to do when i don't know if it's improv or not but like just when you have a bunch of characters sitting around quipping back and forth sure and i i think that's one of the things that makes guardian so great mm-hmm. and i hope we get that same kind of quippy fun dialogue in this game and i can't say i've necessarily felt that in the trailers i've seen so far that's what i mean yeah but um, that doesn't mean it's not going to be there because I do think there 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 will be that opportunity uh, yes. to have that. But yeah, because as long as it is the what four or five of them, five including Groot, uh, Groot, Rocket, Gamora, Drax, and and Star Lord. So yeah, five. So it's as long as it is the five of them being interesting characters and like likable, but also like real characters. I'm set. I'm good for it. But. Uh, what do yeah. you think the level of this game is going to be like? It, is it going to be like mean? a game changer, or is it going to be like an average game? Like, what what kind of what kind of game are you expecting here? I think I think it's going to be a, in terms of like gameplay, a perfectly serviceable Mass Effect style, like using your partner's abilities shooter, and then the hopefully the really seller big seller for it is the. Uh, story stuff and the character stuff and the way that though the story and stuff wrap around your choices uh if if this game is even only a little bit similar to a game like scarlet nexus which i think it does potentially have some of those similarities with yeah. like the characters and how instead of playing multiple characters your characters are abilities and and things like that mm-hmm. you control them that way if this game is even slightly like that and even slightly to the quality of scarlet nexus i'm gonna be super happy yeah that's the thing if if this is on par with scarlet nexus i'm good like because again, Scarlet Nexus not my favorite game of the year so far. But did I enjoy my time with it? I did. Yeah. So that's where well, I'm at. most of the time, minus the those hours of grinding and crying, right? Which I'm expecting Guardians of the Galaxy will not have. But hey, I could be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Justin, can we briefly, briefly talk about EA a little bit? Sure. So they released their earnings report for this past fiscal year. I think the whole year. Uh, and uh, there's there's a lot of financial information that i don't know about you not, i'm not particularly interested in but because ea is the publisher for my my little baby apex legends um they they had some information saying that basically they lost money on uh, a lot of their other non-live service games and like other titles and stuff but their live service titles mainly apex legends are is what's really bringing that cash in which makes sense because apex has a crazy number of like concurrent players uh let me see this oh this is an article by um joseph noop or knoop uh on ign it's titled ea doubling down on live service games as full game sales drops uh so yeah so apex is obviously free to play but 
it says this apex legends also set a new record for concurrent players with the launch of season nine and averaged 13 million weekly active players that's insane damn and that, I mean, that just shows you that this game is only growing. Yeah, <laughs> like, yes, like exactly. that is absolutely nuts. Yeah, so um, I, I tried out the new season, and it's pretty good. I the new gun is really good. The Rampage LMG is pretty sweet, and the new legend is way overpowered, and so they're nerfing him like ASAP. But nice. uh, he's fun. Well, it's fun while it lasts. Right now, now um, you initially said in this uh, in, in this podcast today that uh, you're okay with not everything being a live service game. Yeah. <laughs> And, and that's the thing, like, not everything has to be, but this is the one that I like, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, I'm likely going to try out because EA, uh, not EA, uh, Battlefield 2042, which is the new, uh, that's also EA, uh, which is also I'm going to have some live service elements, but I don't think it's going to hook me in the same way as Apex has. This report worries me because... What this says is, like, we are not making enough money selling just games. we yeah. got to find ways to monetize stuff. Yep. And EA is one of the the, the bad companies, I would say, <laughs> with doing this a lot. We yep. talked about this on several occasions throughout our, our tenure as podcasters. Uh, so if, if I am a business person who doesn't play video games and I work at EA and I see this come up and I'm like, we're losing money and we're only making money on our live service games, what would that tell you? as a company, what direction they're going. They're going to make more of this stuff. Makes me worried for their Dead Space reboot before it even has come out. I mean, like, cause, like that sort of stuff is what ruined the series in the first place and, yeah. and what caused its cancellation. Because the expectations for that series was to sell, was to be a big AAA hit. And, like, space horror is, like, a niche. You know, I mean, just horror in general, it, it can't possibly be mass appeal because not everyone likes horror, you know, uh, <laughs> and it is like by definition going to be going to have much less appeal than a game like Battlefield or Apex just for what it is. So it does make me worried that like that reboot is going to be kind of botched. But again, I, as we talked about, I think last week or the week before, it might be botched anyway, just based on the way EA has behaved in the past with their IPs with their yeah. single player IPs. Uh, it, it also, I, I would say that it worries me a little bit in terms of people following that lead. We talked about, I think like both Amazon and Google tried to make like live service games, but they didn't understand that. Like the reason why people like these games is not because they're live service games, but because the, of the quality experience that's in them. But like, it, it seemed like Amazon and Google saw like, Oh, people love these live service games. There's so much money to be made. We made a live service game. It's like, okay, well, like, what are the characters like? What's the story? Well, there's a battle pass. It's like, right, but like, what's the gameplay? Well, it's a shooter. I'm like, okay, cool. Is there anything to set it apart? You can buy skins. Like, well, all right. <laughs> um, not not catching what makes people like these sorts of games. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I, it, you know, uh, I, this is this is where money is in video games, in gaming, yes. in general, right? Yes. I get it. I just hope it doesn't impact my enjoyment of the single player experience, which is what I love to do in video games. But one thing does give me hope, and it's that I do not have this article pulled up, so my bad. Um, <laughs> a while ago, how's that? EA did say, like, 
I, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, essentially, and, and I might be not totally correct with all this, but essentially they said, like, we were taken aback by how well uh, Star Wars uh, Fallen Jedi, wait, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order sold. And so that has given them a revitalized hope in those single player uh, experiences, which is, I think, why we're seeing a reboot of Dead Space and and why it's not been confirmed that EA that Respawn is working on a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order, but why it wouldn't be surprising for one to come out. And uh, even uh, otherwise, Respawn recently, did they announce that they're working on um, a new IP? Yeah, there were, Respawn's working on a new IP that is not um, Apex, Titanfall, or Jedi Fallen Order. So new, right. like, totally brand new thing new game which i'm an i'm a respawn fan like hands down i'm a big fan of respawn and the games they make so uh sign me up i'm and and with respawn too like i I, we're looking at the apex model here of like how they are doing live service stuff yeah i think there's always something new in apex they're always doing something different there's so much that's happening it feels like they're supportive active that kind of thing yeah and i think if you really are looking at their battle pass and their character model i i think there's nothing wrong with how they are releasing these characters with the exception of if someone's just starting to play apex right now it's probably a little bit overwhelming to get all those characters and like think about like what you need to do to stay current <laughs> yes 100 percent uh yeah i <laughs> I, I would not really recommend anyone gets into Apex at this point. Although, you know, at the beginning of each season is, is not a bad time to go. But, uh, you know, we'll we'll sort of see about all that. Although it seems like it's still growing. So, you know, who really knows? But, yeah, I, uh, I'm i excited to see what Respawn has sort of coming. What if they just have, like, a game in which you can, like, go back and forth between two different times? Dude, do it. That is the best the same, level of like- Titanfall 2. Which like is a the medium. game full of... Just like the medium, right? All right, now, now, Justin... Just like that one medium game that we like a lot. Yeah, game all, of the of us, year. all of us really liked it, huh? Justin, if yeah. you bring... By the way, I'm saying this right now. If you bring the medium to the table when we're talking about the best games of the year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop the call. I'm going to stop the podcast, so you best not. Um, I, but, but based on the way you've talked about it and based on the other games that we've played and talked about, I would be highly surprised if you were like, yeah, this is my number 10. Yeah, I have t- I have ten games. I have ten games that are probably better than that. Um, yeah. probably it might make it, it might make it the top twenty. Definitely well, I mean, top hundred. Well, I'm trying to think about like the twenty games I've played this year that came out this year. Most things beat it. Medium is better than Mario Golf and Pokemon Snap, in my opinion. What the fuck? Okay, well then. I'm <laughs> like, okay. Well, you said it's better than Alan Wake, so that's. Fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's easy. <laughs> I can't do this with you. <laughs> I can't do this with you. Uh, I want to talk about Back for Blood. We played it. <gasps> what? Back for Blood is one of my most anticipated games of the year. Uh, I know that we we've talked about it a handful of times on this podcast here, but we actually we played it. We played the beta this past weekend, um, which consisted of two things that we tried out. And I, I assume that there was a little bit more, but I did not have a whole lot of time to really get into it. Uh, so I'm going to potentially try it out again next weekend because another open beta is happening next weekend. But um, there was the like one mission or like one chapter of the game's like campaign, and then there is the like PP the PVP mode. PPE, such a COVID word. I know <laughs> the PP the PVP mode. <laughs> Gosh, damn it. Um, the PvP mode, 
which we which we also tried out. So I want to I want to break down. I want to talk about those in two sections. So first, uh, what are your thoughts on on the player versus player stuff? Because like I was surprised that that was even in there. What did you think of that mode? Yeah, I don't think I'm I, uh, I'm gonna go to this game to play PvP to begin with. Correct. However, I have literally no ability to tell you what that <laughs> gameplay mode is. <laughs> See, here's what because happened. It didn't work. Yeah, we uh, we were like, all right, let's try this. This is like on the tail end of our experience after playing through the the entire like available campaign stuff. Uh, we we're like, all right, let's try the uh, PvP stuff. So we log into a server. And then uh, we pick the, it's like you alternate between being the survivors, the cleaners, and you alternate between being the ridden, the special zombies. And uh, didn't even spawn in. And it was like round lost. Like, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't really have my whole chance here. And then next round is like, all right, pick your survivor. Got it. All good. Uh, Spawn in is like defeat. (laughs) So we're like, all right, that's, that's enough of that. Um, yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure that will be fine when it comes out, but not what I'm and, and looking for. Maybe in that some experience. people had some success with it, but like I, I not only did I not have the interest in playing that mode to begin with, but when it didn't work, I was like, you know what? Right, We're that's good. the thing. It's like, yeah, it's that's is what it is. So then let's talk about the, the actual campaign and the reason why uh, we the reason why we're all coming to the Back for Blood party. What do you think? I, I liked it. Uh, I, I've had very little experience with Left 4 Dead in the past. Yeah. Um, I was looking at my gaming history, and I apparently played uh, Left 4 Dead for a little bit. Um, not Left 4 Dead. Wait, yeah, Left 4 Dead. I'm very confused with these fours. Uh, yes. Left 4, I played Left 4 Dead a little bit, but like I never got into it, and it's never something I like like made appointment playing for. Um, so I, I, I barely know about this Yeah game other than that it's you and four friends shooting a bunch of zombies in like comedic way yes not comedic way that's probably the wrong way to put it but like there's just a comedically large amount of zombies (laughs) yes it is it would be wild to think like how many people like by the end you've gone through yeah uh so i'm i'm very familiar with left for dead uh i'm i'm most familiar with left for dead 2 but you know the the first one is also great um if I had to compare them, and I kind of feel like I do because it's a spiritual successor, you know, yeah, it's it's yeah. almost supposed to be Left 4 Dead three. Uh, the original Left 4 Dead stuff kicks the shit out of this. Unfortunately, that doesn't mean it's a bad game. I had a lot of fun playing it, and I am positive on it, and I think I'm going to get it and play it when it comes out. But I do not know if it's going to have the same amount of like I don't know if I'm going to sink them out of time into back for blood that i sunk into left for dead does that make sense um but uh, why so i think it just comes down to the mechanics of the actual game so i would say that back for blood i mean it makes sense that it would be this way but i would say that back for blood is left for dead of left for dead came out today (laughs) and by that i mean like when you are shooting your guns you're aiming down the sights and you're picking up new attachments for your weapons and um like you really have to worry about your ammo and and all that sort of stuff which is which are big staples of other games i mean it it, the way that you put attachments on your weapons it's really reminiscent of like apex or warzone or other big sort of tentpole first person shooters of today and there's nothing wrong with that it just feels like it's not necessary it's not needed 
in the original Left 4 Dead, you did find attachments and stuff. Like, you could put a laser sight on your gun, and it just made it a little bit more accurate. But it wasn't the kind of thing where, like, there were these minute differences between things. Between, like, picking up weapons and stuff like that. And then, at the end of the day, I don't even think that that attachment stuff works particularly well. Because you can't unattach something if you don't have something to swap it with. Which is kind of irritating, right? So I think I would hope they change the unattachment of your you can unattach things. I hope right. they change that. That would yeah. that would make a lot of sense and should be pretty easy to do. By the way, can you unattach things in Apex? Yeah. So there you go. They should do that. Be the Apex you want to be. <laughs> exactly. Right. I personally uh, liked the weapon uh, aspect of things. And that's not being familiar with the original game enough. Like, I, I felt like you definitely felt the difference between, like, the level weapons that you have. Like, you have a primary oh, and secondary. And, you know, the primary is, like, basically, like, a, the one-handed, sh- smaller sidearm kind of gun. And the other one is, like, whatever your big weapon is. Um, and, like, going about and, like, looking for that right gun is really, like... That can make or break a run, but just like in a battle royale game, not having mm-hmm. your a good drop could make or break your run as well. So I, yeah. I feel like that's similar. The thing that seemed to be new new to me, but I really don't like in the game that makes it more too complicated is the card system that they put in the game. Was the card system in the original? Uh, no, it was not. And for the record, I do want to say that like the difference between weapons and stuff, I do like. I just don't think it's implemented particularly well with Back for Blood because mm. Left for Dead at the end of the day was, I mean, it's pretty simple. You fi- you just find guns and, and you use them, right? I mean, like, it's not that complicated. Um, and, and so I do like the variety of weapons in the game. I just think that the way that they're executed in terms of the attachments and stuff didn't work really well. But the cards, the deck. So basically with Back for Blood, at the beginning of each round, um, you get these like cards that you can play that change things a little bit. And so every round there is going to be a new, um, what was the word called? Like chaos card or something like that. (laughs) It's yeah, it it was definitely (laughs) not chaos card, but, um, it was basically a negative thing that's going to happen. So for example, one of the levels we played, uh, had a mist card. So like really heavy fog was surrounding the entire area. So it made it really hard to see, um, disruption card is something like that. Disaster card doesn't matter. Um, and then bad card, bad card, mal, mal card, bad card. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, but we got to place our own cards, which would be like ten percent more stamina, or like ten percent more ammo, or uh, instead of your melee just being a punch, you have a knife, which is like an instant kill for zombies and stuff like that. I like the idea of that. But by the way, to answer your question, it's not in Left 4 Dead. Okay, I like the idea of it because I think it makes things a lot more replayable. There are some of these uh, the other like bad cards, like all the lights in the level are out, so it's like really dark, which seemed really cool. Um, we had one where uh, zombies were a lot more aggressive, but shooting them in the head like did way more damage. Um, that sort of stuff I thought really worked, but I thought that the decks that we built and put down eh, were fine. And, and I didn't feel like they were part, really doing anything. That's part of the thing too. Like, so the the progression in this game, at least what I can tell from the, at least the beta that we played, the progression is that you don't unlock better weapons; you unlock 
better cards to put into your yeah. deck. So what would be a 20% increase in reload speed would be, if you unlock the final level, a 30%, which is a significant difference mm-hmm. um, in your reload speed. And then you can create your decks and like have some preloaded based on, like you know I guess, who you're playing with or whatever. So if you want to have one that's a, t- a totally defensive deck, you can do everything that will, will add to your defense. If you want to do a medic deck, healing items do more, you can have that. If you want to have a shooter deck that's just for damage and ammo, you can like do that kind of stuff. So there is that kind of like creativity to have classes in yeah. this game a little bit more than I think the original Left 4 Dead uh, did, right? Again, I don't want to speak too much about what the original game did because... Yeah, th- there was very little of that. Right, I mean, right. if so, any. So you could have that person, all right, you're going to be the healer this time. Any, We need to have uh, our, our uh, uh, medic uh, capabilities increased. We need you to be that. I'll be the tank. Let's remember that. And you can kind of go through like that. Yeah. So I think there are some cool things there, but like that just adds like, and maybe they'll onboard you better in the actual game, but when they throw all this stuff into you at you at the beginning, it felt like we were playing the game wrong when we yes. started to play it rather than it being like, we just didn't, it just, I don't know. I, it just, I don't like that kind of randomness to it a little bit. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like you add those mod- modifiers with the random weapon drops. It's like the double random. So you really have zero control because <laughs> sometimes yes. you might not get the right weapon drops for the modifiers that you have. And there's just so many like little subsystems going on that maybe for some people who uh, w- want a lot of replay value, uh, will love that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like you can make the game harder, have harder mu- uh, multipliers on there, get your score better. Um, but just for like casually picking it up, I think one of the the things about Left 4 Dead is the simplicity of just going and playing with your friends and not having yeah. to worry about like, oh Johnny over here hasn't played this game before, so he's not going to have good modifiers, so <laughs> we're not going to play with him. Which that's, I feel like this game is headed towards. That's ex- like that is exactly the point. I think Left 4 Dead was really streamlined, uh, and and I don't think I maybe explained what was so bad about the attachments in this game versus the ones in Left 4 Dead. In Left 4 Dead, there was never a reason to not pick up an attachment for the most, from my memory. Like, if you wanted that, that red dot sight, like, if you grab that, it is only going to make your gun better. Whereas you can completely fuck a gun in this, in, in Back 4 Blood. Uh, Hopefully... He, he means the, how you use it. Excuse me. Yes. Per, yes. <laughs> my bad. Um, for example, you can put a sniper... Sh- scope on a shotgun and you can't take that scope off because you can't remove attachments and it's just completely useless <laughs> like yeah uh so yeah it, it, left for dead is more streamlined and this is more complicated which good and bad you know i think that this game would have blown me away if left for dead didn't exist mm. because I, I just i like the idea of also like the ai director that like leads what's going on and, and yeah, can all you that explain sort of a little stuff. bit yeah you, you guys were talking about that as we were playing and i was like who are you talking about yeah what's the so, AI director Basically, um, these zombie spawns are not set every single time you play. Uh, there is like a director, a game director in every single match who is sort of watching the. Mm, they are they are it, the director is the thing that is like changing elements in every level. So, for example, if you find a bunch of bombs in one area uh, in one run, if you play that again, those bombs aren't going to be there. So the director is like making things random and it's also spawning zombies. And so like if you guys have like a lot of ammo and and are doing really, really good, um, they're going to be like, all right, we're dropping a horde on you guys right now. Um, But if you are like hurting pretty bad, then they're going to let they're going to 
ease up on the amount of zombies and the amount of special zombies that are spawning and that sort of thing. So it's basically like the balance of the actual game. Uh, and instead of someone having to control it or it all being completely random, there is a system in place that monitors how well everyone is doing to make it the most fun. So it basically creates its own downtime, but it also creates the replayability. So like not every level, not every time you play each level, it's going to be the exact same. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I, I do think like that helps a lot because they're, they they notice yeah. what you need and they give you stuff to help it. Like, and this could just be my own brain, but we were playing a, a early on mission and there was this big old dude we had to fight. And there was a certain point when we all ran out of ammo and then I felt like once we died because we ran out of ammo and then the next spawn, one of the cards we I, I flipped was more ammo. And I was like, yeah. oh, so I don't know if that's an AI director thing, but it was just something that I identified as a problem. And then we fixed it. <laughs> yeah, well, I also think so there were three difficulty modes and I don't remember if we had fought the big guy on the harder difficulty mode. It was unclear what like the recommended mode was. And I'm not saying that like every game needs to do that, but I personally prefer to just play on whatever difficulty setting is the like intended experience so we chose the one that was like in the middle in terms of like the three options and that was like hard mode <laughs> so yeah it was it, it like it, it, not fun your essentially. resources yeah. were so limited your health was so limited uh and we, we we played i think the first three parts of the chapter yeah um on that and we got to this one part and we died and we're like oh and then we like went down on the difficulty and it was still challenging, and specifically as we were getting used to the systems, it got fun by the end. But as we were playing, up, we, there were certain like choke points on the easy difficulty level that I was like, "Man, this must suck on hard." <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't, I don't even know how it would be playable on hard because it's like, well, if you just don't have ammo, you can't. I, I guess you just have to be a little bit more um, mindful. Better. But yeah, uh, but overall, better than medium. Um, this is an unfair comparison for me because what made this more fun than the medium was the fact that I was, you know, we were together with like a group going through yes. this together. Yes. I would not have liked this if I was just playing this on my low sum doing random stuff. Yeah. Um, I, it, I know it's early and it's a beta obviously, and there was issues with the medium too. The medium is just a game I would prefer to play more. Mm -hmm. Um, like the a, a game like that is one I like better. This has potential to be pretty good, I think. Um, yeah. And we'll see when it eventually comes out um, what kind of changes they make. Uh, I think, too, with um, this being on Game Pass, yo, yeah. dude, awesome. I know. And here's this is the place for this to, to sing. Yes, here's what's stupid about me is I think I'm probably going to have to buy it on PlayStation. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. Because, so, like, the people I play games with are all on PlayStation. And yes, there is crossplay, but it's just an extra step of hassle that is not what I want to have to do. And also, like, I don't know, I like to own physical media. Like, I'm excited for this game. And whether or not it lives up entirely to Left 4 Dead doesn't really matter because what I experienced in this beta was a lot of fun. And I think that is <laughs> cause enough for me to want to buy this and, and, I'm not probably not gonna play it alone, but I'll probably play it with with friends and that sort of thing. But yeah, I probably will not buy this game just because of the Game Pass thing. And I, I yeah. find, I mean, uh, <laughs> I said it as we were playing. I have uh, I purchased a Series X so I could play Outriders for free. That doesn't make sense, but it's what I did. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this will be great on the Series X, I'm sure. Oh, oh I, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was like I was sort of talking to you about this while we were playing on the PS5. It was using uh, the haptic triggers. Um, 
I didn't love it. <laughs> I, like it was just making it like really hard to actually push like the trigger down, which I mean, I guess is like the immersion stuff, but um, you know, I think the haptic, the haptic feedback is something I've only really liked when it wasn't like making it more difficult to play the game. Like I like it when it like is like uh, changes the feature of how you're shooting, like in um, Ratchet and Clank or in Returnal, how yeah. how far you press down gives your weapon a different shooting functionality or something mm-hmm. like that. Like that's interesting to me. Um, but when it just makes it more difficult to press a gun, uh, why would you, anyone want to do that? Right. Like, I don't want to hurt my finger as I'm, like, playing this game. Like, when I was playing Assassin's Creed, whenever you shoot notch an arrow, I feel like I'm trying to, like, break my damn controller to, like, press a button. And it, it feels kind of bad. Fun. Yeah. It feels yeah. like you're kind of breaking it, but um, that is not a legit, like, <laughs> criticism of the game because that, I'm sure, can be turned off. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I would say it's better than the medium. I would probably enjoy playing it more than I played the medium because at least I'd throw a podcast. If I was playing it alone, I'd just throw a podcast on and you know smashing heads in I, but i if if you're playing the game alone though i just don't know if this game is made to be played alone no not really no and and we I, we were playing with a group of three and there's it's a four-player game so we had a random in there that uh every time it ended with them eventually dropping out and we were left with a bot um but uh you do need to have coordination about like what you're gonna do mm-hmm. uh, or we have the first person we played with i forget what their name their name was something something ironic because they never talked to us um oh, it was talkative so yeah. <laughs> if you listen to this podcast talkative we're, we're adding you here but their name was talkative and they didn't even talk to us we i didn't even have to mute them they just weren't talking just didn't have a mic yeah yeah um but talkative kept taking all the damn ammo and yeah. the only ammo we were left with was with sniper, sniper ammo. ammo. So like, every, and and if you're using a sniper gun uh, in this game, uh, don't. It, it's it, I think snipers were in Left for Dead too, and it was similarly like, why does this exist? <laughs> <laughs> like like, there's no reason. There was no reason to have a gun that shoots that slow. I mean, unless you're fighting just the the like uh, special zombies because you know you need to do more damage but like at the end of the day like that's not a situation you're in like all that often like when you see them like in the distance but i mean oh one other thing about this game too yeah um but i don't know if this is if if apex was the first thing to do this but i think to me it seems like it was the ping system yo ping systems are awesome (laughs) Uh, uh apex was the first i think and then Fortnite was like, hey, we're going to... That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yes, every every multiplayer game should have a ping system because it's just really, really helpful. Uh, yes, Back for Blood has a ping system as well, which, you know, just highlighting things for your friends to like see here's, is great. Like, here's a good gun. Yeah. This is where it is. Yeah. This is where you need to go. I think that aiming down the sights is what the stickler for me is. I think about why this game is maybe less fun than left for dead because when you aim down the like when you aim down the sights, it slows things down, right? Uh, like it slows your movement down and, and all that sort of stuff. Whereas with left for dead, you, that wasn't a thing. And so because of that, you could just, it was a lot quicker. And so you were able to move a lot faster and, and it was more of a run and gun as opposed to a loot and shoot. Is that a, that, Ooh, that's a thing. Yeah. I do have to say I did enjoy exploring around a little bit more because uh, there was they had like stocks of copper everywhere. Yeah, and copper is what you use to. Uh, they have like certain um, like 
chests at the beginning of every part of the chapter that you can like buy new materials and buy mm-hmm. things, but they also have like random stations throughout it that like for 400 copper, you can like refill uh, your health completely or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I enjoyed that because it just gave you a reason to loot other than it just being like looking for an attachment you don't need. Because if you have a good weapon and a good loadout, you don't need to explore that much right. at a certain point. Um, and, and it would just give you that little extra step, which, which I uh, kind of liked, but we forgot to talk about the best game mode in this beta. Uh, inform me. The best. So the real PvP the, in the lobby. Uh, this is actually the best PvP uh, game mode in the entire game. In the lobby, there is a tr- uh, shooting range, right? And the the lobby is like kind of like a, a camp with all the survivors, or I guess the cleaners in it. Yep. And then you go to the shooting range, and they have all the weapons laid out. Um, and, uh, basically like some targets and stuff like that. But when we were playing together, we spent a lot of time just going to that shooting range <laughs> and trying to kill each other in that shooting range. <laughs> so, you know, you know, shooting around with a sniper rifle or people just be like crouched behind, uh, barrels, shooting people with shotguns in the face. Um, and, uh, how long did we play that? That was probably like, that was like more than 20 minutes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, like for it, not even to be a real game mode of us just going around and then we'd have like truces like, all right, we're going to load up, get whatever weapon you want. And then we'd go to different corners of the map and try to like come in and kill each other. It was I enjoyable. What that did for me was it was sort of a proof of like, Hey, the, the weapons are fun to fire. Like, like yeah. the guns in the yes. game are like, they are satisfying and they do feel good to shoot and they sound great and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, yeah, like that is 100% a selling point for the game. And, and I hope that like I don't come across as negative on this because I know I have like a lot to say. I just think that what is tricky is this game it, like has set itself up to be compared to Left 4 Dead. And I don't love comparing things in this way like side by side. But I would be curious like what you thought like if you and I sat down to play some Left 4 Dead, I'd be curious what you think about the game after playing it. That said, I do like what I played for, of Back for Blood. I will be playing more of it later in the year. I just think that it might not have the um, same reach that Back for Blood did in terms of like catching and keeping my attention. Yeah, and and to speak on that too, um, I wonder how many like chapters there are going to be because the one we played, like we played the game, what like four, almost five hours. Yep, probably, and that was testing out the pvp mode uh our own pvp mode and that actually playing through the chapters yeah and i wonder how many of those there are going to be because i i I don't know how much i'm interested to go back and play that same set of eight things again like i I, there were some good moments but i felt like even in that some of those parts of the chapter weren't super replayable or they weren't like great (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, let me see here. How many acts are in Back for Blood? Acts. So in each act, there's chapters. Um, correct. Section. So, okay. so one. So, in the, what we played, we played one act, and there were um, uh, eight chapters in the act. So let's see. Um, oh, good. As of this writing, we have no confirmed information on how many acts will be in Back for Blood. Cool. Cool. <laughs> because um, <laughs> the answer is one I'm just <laughs> we played the whole game oh wait wait okay 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 so during the early access this is by the way uh, is how many acts are in Back for Blood by John Hansen at GamePer.com oh um, I love John Hansen uh, hey friend of the show John Hansen uh, not this one but um, 
radio Chicago radio person Chicago radio and TV personality John Hansen. Uh, so as of writing, we have no confirmed information on how many acts will be in Back for Blood's campaign during the early access open beta. One act is playable that has eight levels to it. Those eight eight levels are split into two chapters. So if you remember, there's like a halfway point that like yeah. kind of served as a breather. I would hope. Uh, let me let me ask you this how many would you need for this game to feel like it would be worth a 60 dollars purchase uh, well i mean the replayability aspect on the different difficulty levels and just the different cards and stuff i think um is like an important part of that as well because i think even yeah. just one like you could have we could have played this game for 20 hours and still like i had content to do with the beta um i i would hope it has you know, five that have a varying degree of locations and stuff like that at the yeah. very least. Um, I mean, if it's ever, if it all looks the same, I don't want five, but I would hope they have like a big enough set piece. Like one of the cool memorable set pieces uh, from this one was at the end of the first chapter uh, when you basically had to blow up a bridge by blowing yeah. up a ship. And I felt a lot of tension in that part. And it was kind of a cool memorable part. And then even looking at the end of the actual act, it was just kind of like a lame fill a missile ballistic thing and shoot something like that wasn't as cool. Yeah. So and, and not to compare this to Left 4 Dead, but in Left 4 Dead, <laughs> they, 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 it had a similar sort of structure where you get you uh, fight your way through these areas into you get into these safe rooms. And each of the different acts in Left 4 Dead had like drastically different settings. So like one was a, an amusement park. One was like a city. One was, uh, the rest are escaping. Oh, oh, uh, one ended with a rock concert. One was a mall. Like there were all of these different, like, well, you said a rock concert. Yeah. So the, the finale to all of these scenarios were like finales. So you get to the area, you're at a, you're on stage at like this theater or like this amphitheater. Um, and you set up, traps and you you basically are trying to make as much noise as you possibly can to like alert the military to where you are but by doing that you are also summoning a crazy amount of zombies that those are endings are super memorable the ending to this chapter in back for blood was just like nothing <laughs> like yeah, it was just there, so nothing. again light spoiler for the end of it but like there's a part where there's like a, a vehicle and then it's like get in the vehicle and we're all like oh my goodness are we gonna have to like shoot in this thing that'll be so awesome and then it just yeah. ends you like yeah, get, you just, just drive, drive away it's, over. <laughs> it's yeah. like ah uh yeah that, that's 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 the whole thing uh yeah i would say probably five acts as well for me at, at the very least uh, i would hope that they would do more than that just in terms of like you know having a lot of content and having diverse content but at the end of the day because of how replayable these things are with the game's ai director with those burn cards with the you know randomness of the loot like yeah you could probably get away with five but i also think that they said that they're gonna do dlc and stuff like that um and they also said which is, this is super cool that if like let's say i bought the dlc and you didn't have it you would be able to play it with me oh that's pretty cool yeah so like you wouldn't also have to own the dlc which which i think is kind of neat do you know what I think a good course would be for uh, a good, I guess, setting for one yeah, of these up? acts would be uh, New Donk City. New Donk City, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, can you imagine that? Like all all the all the mushroom donkers uh, uh, get a little bit like a zombie infection, and then you have to like stop them. I uh, I would like that. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for sticking by us. Uh, on this dark and lonesome road. 
episode 54, Hitbox, a podcast for the gaming enthusiast in all of us. You like that? What do you think about that? I'm going to try that oh, out wow. next time. Oh, wow. Jeez. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Seriously, thanks for, for sticking with us. If you have any thoughts on Back for Blood or um, EA's earning reports slash Respawn Entertainment or uh, Near Reincarnation or Guardians of the Galaxy or anything else that we talked about, PSVR, we'd love to hear from you. You can send us an email at hitboxofficialpodcast at gmail.com or send us a DM on Twitter. Tweet at us at hitboxpod. Justin, do you have anything else to add here? Yeah, I just got a quick uh, Blue Box Studios uh, update oh. for, for, for you all before we uh, head off into the um, uh, the into the, the dark ether. unknown. Yeah, yeah. So the okay. <clears throat> First of all, um, as of recording this, mm-hmm. you can download the real time experience app, but you can't play it until August tenth. Okay. So there might be a potential cut in about the fact that konami is actually blue it's really if you respell blue box studio it spells konami in a different yeah, language maybe sure. that's what, what's going to happen yeah uh, so we'll find out with a trailer nothing playable apparently on the 10th so that's that's coming up yeah um and while blue box studios didn't tweet anything um hassan karaman uh, tweeted something because apparently i don't know if you heard this there's been a lot of talk about how a lot of the assets that have been shown in previous versions of the game have been um, like pulled from the, the epic uh, library of like like uh, 3D models and stuff like that. Okay, like a bunch of the trees were used uh, from just the epic uh, for Unreal or whatever the engine was, yeah. and like the the face that everyone thought was like a Solid Snake with the eye patch. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a just a character model you can buy. Okay. <laughs> so there you go. Sure. Um, but uh, Hassan said there's a huge confusion regarding abandon in the teaser we teased in April. Usually we would use speed tree for vegetation solutions for the game, but when we came across the realistic looking trees from the Unreal Content Store, we wanted to use these instead. Speed tree is the industry standard when it comes to rapid tree creation pipeline for decades in both AAA and indie games. We felt that the use of the trees from the content pack was much greater match with our vision. However, we did optimize these trees and tweak them to fit the game perfectly. This pipeline is also not strange thing in the bigger indie games and AAA. I hope this gave everyone clarity on the usage of the trees. So now that you're so all informed people- and clear... Are people upset about these trees, or are they thinking that it looks like a Kojima thing? What, so what's up? Oh, yeah, so th- they think that the fact that they use, like, asset packs is that this isn't really a game, and they're just like... Oh, the, yeah, okay. Yeah, Great. So got it. it's fake, or whatever it is, so he's right. just speaking that this is totally normal. Well, Everyone does it. On Tuesday, we're going to know, and we may, uh, we may interject something here. <laughs> Though I do want to say, nothing about what's happened with the releasement of these announcements has me believing I'm going to have any clarity on Tuesday. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I assume it's just going to be a trailer and nothing. Even if nothing it's a trailer, more. it's going to be like, it's going to be like, uh, it, it'll, it'll like literally look like a Metal Gear Solid thing, but then it won't be, and it'll be done yep. with all assets from Unreal. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Well, hey, uh, if you're enjoying the show, it would be, mean a lot to us if you shared a link with a friend. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere. Uh, we truly do appreciate it, and um, I'm excited to see what this turns out to be. I think it's going to be nothing. But who if knows? If it's nothing, I swear to God, I swear to God, if there has been fire that has been rained down upon Blue Box Game Studios before this moment... 
It's about to get real. I mean, Justin, really, when's the last time that gamers rallied behind something that didn't exist? I mean, like, pff, it never happens. Uh, Horizons Forbidden West. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> um, <laughs> trying to think of the other. I mean, like, anyway. Uh, hey, thanks for listening. Always remember, old games are old. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>